Hello, you're listening to Wolves Radio. I'm Gemma Frith and joining me on Wolves Weekly, as always, is club commentator Mikey Burrows. Mikey, how are you doing? I'm very well, Gemma. Thank you. It's been another interesting and somewhat dramatic week slash couple of days in the life of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, I mean, we had the unfortunate news, didn't we, that um, during the night in the early hours of Sunday morning, that a fire broke out at Molyneux, which is absolutely awful, awful news. I mean, we haven't heard too much yet, um, but we're just hoping that the damage isn't too extensive. I'm sure they'll hopefully give us more information in the coming days and over the next week as they assess the situation a bit more. But um, I have to say, just thankful that it happened during the night when there was there was nobody around, no one got hurt and, and security were there to, to make the right calls and deal with it quickly. So, yeah, a, a, an awful situation to sort of start the week off with. Yeah, and it's one of those, isn't it, where, um, you know, the club means an awful lot to so many people. So it always raises alarm when you see incidents like that that are taking place. But yeah. as you say, thankfully that we do have 24-hour security. Those guys do a brilliant job. And uh, as the club have already said, thank you to West Midlands Fire Service for their swift response as well. And and hopefully the damage can be repaired. Everyone was okay. And uh, Molyneux will be back looking at its beautiful best, hopefully very soon. Yes, hopefully soon. And um, we'll keep you updated with anything that we hear as well um, in the coming days and weeks. Um, but... On Saturday, Mikey, before that, we came to the end of a perfect January in terms of our of the footballing side of things with four wins, nine goals. It was it was a great it was a great afternoon, wasn't it? And also great for me to be part of the match day live coverage with you and Tom for the very first time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was an eventful one, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a, it was such a strange day, Jim, wasn't it? In it the was, end, really um, our first ever visit to Brentford's community stadium. It it surprised me, actually. It's a lovely ground. It's kind of smaller than it, it appears on the telly, at least to me anyway. Um, and I, I didn't realise how kind of built up it would be around it. It's, mm, you know, they've yeah. really kind of developed that whole area. And getting in there and getting set up and, and watching everything unfold then from obviously a sickening clash of heads. And I mm. hope that the, the two Brentford players involved are going to be OK. And you know then the drone, which was... Uh, something I've never seen a uh, football no, game before. Um, you know, what, 15 years or so as a commentator now. And uh, yeah, you think you've seen it all. <laughs> and there's a drone in the sky and the players are walking off the field. Um, and we had no idea how long that we would have to kind of talk for, mm. um, which was part of the reason we kind of roped you in, threw you some <laughs> headphones and said, come and talk to us because we, we, need, we, need, we need to do something while we're going on. Uh, but in terms of the performance, Jem. Uh, I thought they were, after the the initial breaks, uh, both the, the head injury treatment and the drone stoppage, Wolves were actually really good. Mm-hmm. They weren't at their best for that first period, but they yeah. were really good after it. And I, I know there are probably Thomas Frank and Brentford people that disagree, but uh, I thought Wolves very much deserved to win the game. Yes. And they, <laughs> you know, they, were, they should have won it 3-1. I, 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 I'm... I like VAR. You know I like VAR. VAR helped in terms of overturning the Toti Gomez red card, which was the right decision to have made. I'm not sure they took the line at the right moment Mm. for the Adama Traore offside. But whatever, we won the game anyway. Yeah, it didn't Um, affect the result, but frustrating. Frustrating for him as well, because it would have been two goals in two. And we saw what it meant to him afterwards. So... 
But anyway, that's a that's a small part, isn't it? From I don't know what you thought. I thought it was a, a good a good game all round in the end. Yeah, it was, and I have to say actually that I was aside from the Adama goal. But I think you know you know if, if they've drawn the lines and they've decided it's offside with VAR, it's not just a clear and obvious error. It says if it's offside, it's offside. There's no sort of tolerance, and whether they drew the lines in the right places an argument for another day potentially but um, at the end of the day it didn't affect the result but I think I was very thankful for VAR overturning the on-field decision with that red card against Toti Gomez I think we could quite clearly see very quickly from those replays that it was not a red card incident he didn't deserve to be sent off the pitch so um, and I think we would have really suffered and perhaps the game could have been a bit different if we'd gone down to 10 men so um, yeah I have to say actually I'm quite quite happy with VAR at, at the weekend and yeah I think that the game yeah it was very very interesting I think we had just about everything perhaps other than a penalty I think was the only thing perhaps missing from that game um, but yeah it was very interesting I mean Dronegate I think took over the first half but as you were saying I think after that set sort of that break when we came out to finish the first half we looked much stronger do you think that in that period of time the opportunity for Bruno to have another chance to to chat with the players perhaps regroup and, and refocus them do you think that that actually maybe helped him to get his message across a little bit and and, and get them to refocus for the end of the second first half? Yeah, potentially, Gem. I think there's also an element that, um, you know, they were playing a slightly different style. You know, no Raul Jimenez. So uh, they've gone to two up top with, with the added body in midfield. And whilst they do work on these things, you know, they do so much drilled training sessions into plan A mm. that it's only natural that when they go to plan B, it's not quite as effective as plan A generally is. And therefore, it takes time to remind the players, no, this is what you need to do. And we then saw, certainly in the case of Leander Dendonka and his involvement in the mm. two goals, and I, I know that uh, some of the coaching staff like to put out some videos on social media that kind of shows from that high, wide angle what exactly what they've been working on. And, and that maybe wasn't there in that first 20, 25 minutes. But you're right, once they settled into their patterns of play, they were they were creating opportunities. And we have to mention the two midfielders because yeah. sometimes, Gem, <laughs> even I, I think, forget just how fortunate we've been to watch the pair of them. Yeah. Very different stages of their careers. But João Martinho and Ruben Neves will go down amongst the pantheon of greats at this football club. There is no doubt about it. Their legacy will last for lifetimes. And to see the way that they're playing at the minute is such a joy to watch. It really is. It really is. And obviously, lovely goals from them both as well, just to, just to top it off. They always both produce something special. I mean, Zhao normally only gives us one a season and now we've been treated to two in three. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. you're absolutely... Nailed it on the head there. Uh, they're, just, they're an absolute joy to watch. So um, long let it continue. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's the beauty of the way they're playing at the minute is that, you know, there are nice little moments where we can pick out people because, you know, we've been here waxing lyrical about Max Kilman this season and yeah. Romain Saiz and on Match Day Live Extra. We've talked about quite a few of them, but we don't always give the, the credit to the midfield too. And, that there was a video that the club have put out on social media, you know, you really need to go and see it, of nearly five years of Ruben Neves' wonder goals, really. Oh, yes. And it, it's just special. It's so, so special. And he is, he's not even in his prime yet. He's not even in his prime. He came to this club so young. He can get even better. And I think he's stepped it on this year. I really do. I think he's now controlling games in a way that we hadn't really seen a lot before. 
certainly in the last couple of years, but the maturity of Ruben Neves at the minute is something special. And that's why we won the game. Because other players, Jem, when that was laid across from Martinho, they'd have just hit it. Mm. But he, and this is where it comes in, that element of, you know, Andrea Pirlo was his hero. And, you know, the book, I think, therefore, I play. And that's what the celebration is all about, pointing to his head. He spotted that situation. He took the touch. And he knew exactly what he was doing to go mm. for that bottom corner. And I say, not many players would do that. That's why Ruben Neves can be whatever he wants to be, in my view. Yeah, it's that footballing intelligence, isn't it? That additional element that he has. And yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. But I, I have to say, I was, I was just checking then to see if we've released our nominations for the Player of the Month this month. I think it's actually going to be the toughest decision that our fans have had in terms of choosing their player. I mean, everyone across across the the entire starting <laughs> 11 and and more that we've had taking part this month is just it's going to be such a difficult decision isn't it i mean mikey if you had to choose one player this month that you think has had been been the standout oh. in january who who would you choose oh i i don't think you can pick one it's Jim. tough how, isn't it <laughs> how can you pick one i mean daniel pedence has had a great month yeah jose saras had a great month you know arguably kept us in games at times. The defence have mm -hmm. been absolutely rock solid. Oh, no, I can't. I genuinely <laughs> can't. Because you can, you can legitimately make a case for about at least seven or eight. Mm, and, yeah. that's, and that's being conservative. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see even the nominations, who they're going to choose to even put forward just as, as a selection. That's what, that's what I was having a look to see if they chose. chosen. But the arguments yet, but are going to be tough. massive, aren't they? Oh, the arguments, yeah. if there's a shortlist, wow. Good luck to whoever <laughs> in the office had to do that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be interesting. But um, yeah, I won't make you choose between children, Mikey, but um, an interesting <laughs> one to see what the, what the, fans, what the fans go for. Um, but the players at the moment now, they are on a winter break. So they are enjoying a bit of rest and recovery um, as they take a, take a step away from the Premier League. Um, and then the next game will actually be Norwich at home in the FA Cup in the first week of February, Saturday, 3pm, uh, back at Molyneux. What do you think we can expect from that match, Mikey? Well, it, it, do you know what? There's a really fascinating situation brewing now. In the, A couple of weeks ago when we played Sheffield United in the Cup, a lot of our talk on Matchday Live Extra was about, you know, we're, we're in a great position in the league, but we're going to be roughly mid-table, so let's go for a cup run. Now, a couple of weeks on, the gap <laughs> has shortened to the teams above. There is a genuine debate and discussion about, are we legitimately in a European race? Yeah. Uh, and w which positions in that European race could we <laughs> genuinely go for? Yeah. Now, you and I are probably on the same basis that we are quite pragmatic in those terms mm. and leave those kind of pronouncements to the more uh, wild of thought, yes. i.e. Chris yeah. Wellamo, um, <laughs> as to how high he will go, how high we can go. But now the FA Cup takes on a different view because mm. is it our primary competition now? Are we, are we focused on something else? I think genuinely there probably will be a couple of opportunities again for other players. Yeah. Um you know, some may be out of force. You know, if Raul Jimenez obviously picked up an injury, he has gone yeah. away with Mexico as well during this period. So mm -hmm. it might just make sense to leave Fabio Silva in there and keep him going. Yep. Um, you know, and then we will see. And hopefully we are not that far away from getting some players back in terms of the long term injured. Yeah. So there could be some interesting choices. Romain Saiz may well be back and, and may need an outing 
But then do you take Titi Gomez out, who's had two really good games, and actually maybe could do with that third one in a row? This is why Bruno and his staff are paid the money they are, yep. and why you and I they don't make the, pick the, the tough decisions. <laughs> but it's, it's a good position to be in, as we've said before many times. They're um, difficult decisions to make, but it's nice to have so many positive and, and, and good options. Some of those players may be some that you're more familiar with from the under-23s, Mikey. I mean, last week, Luke Cundall officially became a first-team player. I mean, he's been training with the first team for quite a while now, for, for most of this season. Um, but he officially was invited by Bruno Large to move over to the first-team dressing room at Compton, which is a big milestone in, in that career development. It's something that Max Kilman has done, Morgan Gibbs-White did as well. Um, so really, really huge and exciting for him. So do you think that the FA Cup match against Norwich could be Luke Cundall's time? He was very close to potentially starting in a, a couple of games recently, um, especially when Ruben Neves was out with COVID at the mm. time. Uh, he's he's a fascinating player, Luke Cundall. I've known him a long time, you know, a good couple of years, and he's been in and around the shake-up. You know, we forget that he kind of burst onto the scene a little bit with the Premier League Asia Trophy. And you know he was very highly thought of by the previous management and he was in and around it he actually made his debut 2019 against Reading in the League Cup and he was in and around the bench a couple of times that season but he's worked incredibly hard and he's adapted his game to be uh, available in different roles so it is time for him I think because every time you watch him in the end of 23s he is a class above he is a step above that level now Mm. so the opportunity to get more chances with the first team and I'm delighted for him to move on dressing rooms because it it seems like such a small thing Jim but for those who don't know the under 23's dressing room the development dressing rooms are right down the other end of the corridor yeah. <laughs> so it genuinely is an element that you earn the right mm. to move up you know you start off at one end of the building and you work your way from scholarship to first professional contract to a fully-fledged first-team player. And it's a long distance. And it it can be a bit you know disheartening if everybody comes in from training because they all come in the same door and they all go into one room and he has to walk <laughs> past the medical rooms, past the coaches' dressing rooms, past the gym, past the academy <laughs> medical rooms, all the way down to where he's getting changed. Yeah. So to be able to walk into that room and see his name and picture up on his spot alongside the likes of Jao Martinia and Ruben Neves and Conor Cody and Raul Jimenez. That must be so lovely. So he's he's got potential. Chem Campbell scored a couple of goals for the under-23s in their latest game away at Sunderland. Yeah, so, how did that game go, Mikey? Uh, it was a very cold evening on a difficult pitch. And the they had a couple of players who came in who hadn't really played for a couple of weeks, given Christmas breaks and whatnot, and they mm-hmm. had some postponements. So they were a bit rusty to start off with, and they went behind. A bit of a mistake, gifted the goal. But they recovered really well. Uh, They scored two good goals, a lot of it down to their good pressing. Mm -hmm. Um, Chiquinho, we got to see him in gold and black for the first time. For the first time. How was he? He he won the free kick that led to the first goal. Uh, He had a really good chance in the first half where he bullied one of their defenders and got his way into the penalty area, but kind of just took a bit too long to get his strike away. Um, but he showed good promise. He was quick. He was agile. He pressed well. Um, I don't think he'd really experienced Sunderland before okay, in yep. terms of the kind of conditions. 
And the suggestion <laughs> afterwards was that, um, you know, even at under-23 football, it's a very different pace and tempo mm-hmm. to what he's been used to in Portugal. And let me tell you, the weather was, was very kind. different yeah. to what he has just arrived from. It was, you know, the pitch was frozen by the end of the game. Oh, no. Uh, you know, it was hard. It was bouncy. It was, wasn't true bounce either. So he did well. He played an hour. Um, he went over, I think, on his ankle towards the end of his stint. Okay. Um, but he looked to be okay. And I think it was uh, more a precaution that he yeah. came off than anything else. So it was good to see him. Good for fans mm. to see him. All yeah, those who definitely. tuned in to watch on Wolves TV for free. All our under-23s games. Uh, so nice to see him get some minutes. Well, if anyone wants to try and catch an eye of him, the next time he might be playing with the under-23s or anyone else in that team, which is very exciting at the moment. When are they next playing, Mikey? Well, we've got uh, a couple of games coming up in uh, just over a week's time, actually. They'll be playing Friday and Monday as they try and catch up on some matches. So we have to take on uh, Swansea in the Premier League Cup. We've already gone down and won there. We might see a few more of the younger players get an opportunity in that competition because we've already progressed to the knockout stages. So we are fulfilling the rest of the group stage fixtures. Um, and then there is uh, uh, some big games to come. There's another game on the Monday, actually, uh, following from that, which will be at Agbra as well. So it will always be good to see people if they want to come and check that out. It'll be important to get some support for them. It's also a bit of a local derby as well against Blues. So that's Monday, oh, the 7th of February at Agbra. Uh, seeing ticket holders, I think, getting free. So Wonderful. get yourself down there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want any more football that you can uh, watch locally in in Wolverhampton and in the the black country, um, Wolves women were back in action at home on Sunday. It was their first league match in three months. They were up against a tough opponent, Derby County, who had actually moved above them in the table in that time. Um, But they won the game 3-2. It was an absolutely incredible victory. And you could see at full time, they posted pictures on the Wolves Women Twitter of Dan McNamara celebrating as that whistle went. And you could just see how huge of a win that was for them. There was a great crowd there as well as on Sunday. So if you did go down to the CKW Stadium, uh, you were treated to a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, It wasn't actually a great start for Wolves Women. We went behind in the first minute of the game, but Amber Hughes soon pulled us back level and then Tammy George gave us a second uh, to go into half-time, leading 2-1. And then Anna Morfitt got on the end of a free kick at the start of the second half to make it three and secure us the win, Um, although Derby did get uh, awarded and scored a penalty late on. But it remained 3-2, three points for us. And yeah, a, a fantastic, fantastic afternoon. There was lots of shots from both sides. It was definitely a very busy game. We've done the double over Derby now, one of the best teams in the league. So massive achievement um, and a huge, huge step in our progression up the table now over these next few games. We are still in fourth in the table, but we have got three games in hand above all the teams above us. Um, we're only three points off first place. So we're in a fantastic position all still to play for, lots of excitement still to come. And if that wasn't enough, our next league game is a Black Country Derby, our second of the season. West Brom away at Sutton Coalfield this Wednesday, 26th, which hopefully if you're listening to this 
uh, quite soon after we publish it, then that'll be enough time <laughs> for you to <laughs> throw it down there. Hope, unfortunately, if you listen to this on Thursday or Friday, you're too late. But um, hopefully it was a positive result. Um, but if you are listening to this before then, then you can absolutely get down and watch them yourselves and support them in a Black Country Derby. Our biggest attendance of the season was the Black Country Derby at home at the CKW Stadium. Uh, so it'd be amazing if we could match that away from home as well and cheer on our girls and support them. Um, kickoff is at 7.45pm. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed it's another positive result. The home fixture we won 2-0 by the way. So if that's anything to go by, it could be an exciting afternoon. So if you're around Wednesday night, make sure you head down and show your support. Doesn't matter whether it's men, women, <laughs> under 23s, under 18s. It's Derby Day. Yep. And we'd love to see gold, the Golden Black beat those absolutely. from nearby. Yes, absolutely. They're over there. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're free, uh, make sure you head down because you can buy tickets on the gates and show your support for Wolves Women. But I think that's everything for this week now. Um, so if you have any questions over the uh, international break over this next fortnight, do tweet us at Jen Frith and at Mikey Burrows and we will get back to you with your answers.